Well, we have been tremendously blessed by all of the volunteers in the congregation and certainly throughout the community who are out at the Texas Motor Speedway volunteering for the COVID shots. What a great blessing that is. And what a testimony to faith it is as well. As we begin this new worship series called Go Natural, there's no better way for us to witness to our faith than to sharing love and to care for other people and to help people out. And so I'm so grateful that you're here and hope this time will be a blessing for you as we learn how to go natural in sharing the faith of Jesus Christ. Hey, we're not only so grateful you're here, we wanna invite you to check in. Remember, if you're on our streaming platforms or on Facebook, you can go to the TMUMC app that you can download in the Apple or Google Play stores and just look up TMUMC. But if you check in, that helps us connect with you. If you're on the website, it's just right there. Just click on it. It helps us to know not only that you're with us, but it allows us to connect with you, build relationship and develop those concerns we'd love to share with you day in and day out. So thanks for being a part of this. As we start this Go Natural, the thing that came to my mind immediately was my grandson, Zaya. He is five years old, full of energy, right? Every, like every five-year-old. What I love about him is he always wants to invite me and others into a relationship. And he does it on simple levels, right? He will often say, Papa, come and see. Papa, come and see. And, and when he does that, I instantly know he wants me to join in something that he's found, something that he's seen. And it, there's always excitement, there's always energy, there's always enthusiasm, and I love it. Just the other day, he said, Papa, come and see. He points down at the ground and there's a ladybug and he is fascinated by her coloring, by her little wings flapping, and then she flies away, right? And he's just fascinated by that. And he wanted me to join in. Papa, come and see, come and see. And so every time he issues that invitation, I know there's gonna be an adventure. I know there's gonna be excitement. And I know he wants me to be a part of whatever it is he's encountering or seeing. I love it. I wonder sometimes if we don't love to do that with other things, right? We love to share the most recent show that we're binge watching on Netflix or Hulu, right? We love to tell people about a new restaurant that we've just encountered and we love the food and we want other people to love the environment, right? We love to tell people about some new product that we've just bought or some new service we've participated in. We love to invite people to come and see whatever we're experiencing, right? It's a rich blessing to be able to do that. I pause though and wonder, man, wouldn't it be great if we had that same kind of enthusiasm, that same kind of excitement about our faith, about telling people about Jesus? And I get it. It, it. Whenever we think about that, we get a little scared, right? We get a little concerned. What are people going to think? What are they going to imagine about me? And then I just think to myself, why is it we're more willing to tell people about a television show or a restaurant than we are about this life-changing relationship we have with a guy named Jesus. And then I pause and remember, oh yeah, I get, I get afraid every once in a while. I get concerned every once in a while. That's why we wanted to offer this worship series called Go Natural, to remind us that not only is our relationship with Jesus a natural thing, but it's really quite natural for us to be able to share that with others, just like my grandson telling me to come and see or me sharing with somebody else about a restaurant or a movie or a show. We enjoy sharing what we enjoy, right? We love sharing what means something to us or has value to us. That's why I wanna share with you a powerful story out of the Gospel of John that just kinda of lays out a very simple, natural way to express our faith and to help others come to that same kind of experience of Jesus 
that we have had in our own lives. It comes from the very first chapter of the Gospel of John. John's Gospel, uh, that first chapter is really long, has some powerful stories in it. And at the very end, there's this great encounter that has Philip going natural with his friend Nathaniel. Here, here's what it says, beginning in verse 35. The next day, John, meaning John the Baptist, again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Jesus said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which translated means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. When Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. Isn't that a fascinating story? It, it, it's fascinating to me on many levels, not the least of which is how simple and straightforward it is. How natural it was both for Jesus to tell Philip, uh, I'm sorry, tell Peter and, and uh, Andrew to come and see where he was staying. And how natural it then therefore was for Philip to say to Nathaniel, hey, come and see. Come and see this guy who made a difference in my life. Come and see this man who we know now to be the Messiah. It was natural. There was nothing sort of fake or put on or put up about it. It was just, let me tell you, let me invite you. And I want to suggest that it presents to us um, a very basic and natural way for us to share our faith. That's why we call this Go Natural. Let me talk first at kind of a 30,000 foot level about what I witnessed and encounter in this story with Philip and Nathaniel, and then talk a little bit about how we can go natural in our faith. So notice, um, Philip does all of these things with his friend Nathaniel. He offers conversation. He issues a simple invitation. He has this adventure that he wants uh, uh, Nathaniel to join, right? Come and see, come and see. Much like my grandson, Ziah. And then, of course, all he wanted Nathaniel to experience was a relationship. And ultimately, of course, that's what Nathaniel encountered. So I want to suggest there are probably five simple things we can do to go natural, to share the story of Jesus that is our story. Because here's the reality, friends, you and I and every one of us who claims faith in Jesus, we've got a story about the way he transformed our lives, about the way he has impact on who we are and how we relate. And the only way to share that with others is to just go natural, to just be yourself, 
to be the person God created you to be. We don't need to be pretentious. We don't need to say things that aren't normal or natural. We don't need to not know certain things, but rather just know what we know. So I want to share with you what I think Philip did that is powerful and hopefully profound for you as we discover how to go natural. So the first thing I think Philip did was base his invitation and base his conversation with uh, Nathaniel in, in friendship. They were friends. He, he didn't go to some stranger. He didn't go sort of walk up on a street corner and say, hey, you need to believe in Jesus. He based it out of his relationship with Nathaniel. That's tremendously important. We get much better results and certainly people are much more receptive to what we might have to say about Jesus when we base our invitation out of friendship, an already existing relationship. Jesus did this. So Jesus was friends with a guy named Lazarus and Mary and Martha were Lazarus' sisters. And John's gospel tells us in the 11th chapter that uh, Martha and Mary called Jesus because Lazarus had died and Jesus knew them. He wanted to be there. And in the 38th verse, he, he literally just tells us, where have you laid him? Jesus is asking this of, La of Mary and Martha. And they said to him, Lord, come and see. There was a relationship there. The very next verse, verse 35 tells us that Jesus wept when his friend Lazarus was seen there. And all I mean by this is J Jesus came because he had a friendship with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha invited Jesus because they had a friendship, a relationship. Jesus wanted to be there to help offer the good news of new life to Lazarus because he had a relationship with him. Friends, I wanna suggest that we all have relationships already with people who don't know of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We already have friendships with neighbors, relatives, coworkers, friends, who don't understand the loving nature of who Jesus is. And if you don't, I wanna suggest you don't realize who your friends are. Do you know that in a five mile region right around our church, there are over 100,000 people who have no faith claim whatsoever, in no religion, in no tradition, in no faith. Golly, we're bound to know one of those folks. And in and through a friendship with them, at some point in a conversation, we might be willing and able to say, hey, let me tell you about a guy who's made a lot of difference in my life. Go natural. Now, here's the other thing that becomes critical. Not only should we base our invitation out of friendship, but the second thing we need to do is critical. It's, in my opinion, the most important thing we do. So any conversation is both about speaking and listening, right? So the first thing we need to do in this relationship as we share the good news of Jesus Christ is we need to listen. We need to listen to their story. We need to listen to what their hurts and their pains and their sorrows and their joys and their relations are. We need to be more willing to listen to their story than to share ours. Because here's what happens when we listen to people first before we sort of pile on anything or share what we think or what we feel or what we know is when we listen first, it says to them, I care about you. I'm concerned about you. I want to be a part of your life. Th this is exactly what Jesus did in this encounter from John's gospel. Reflect with me on verse 38 in the first chapter where Jesus literally just says, hey, when he turned and saw them, he asked them, what are you looking for? What Jesus was literally saying in that moment and certainly what he did following that question was he listened to what they were looking for. 
They wanted to know where he was staying. They wanted to know what he was all about. And so Jesus listened to them. Because here's the deal, friends. If we can share something with somebody after we have first listened to what their life is about, what their concerns are, what their struggles might be, man, they are much more open to anything we might say. Because here's the deal. To invite somebody into a relationship with Jesus is not so much about getting my point across as it is about caring and concern for somebody else. It's about offering the life-giving love of Jesus. And golly, wouldn't we want to do that well and right? And I suggest the best way we can do that is to take the lessons from Jesus and from Philip and listen to people first. Because man, when we listen, we hear stuff we didn't know. We discover things that we didn't understand before. And that helps us then to give the invitation to share the good news, to offer the love of Christ in the most focused and appropriate and caring way. But it'll only happen if we first listen to where our friends are and what's happening in their lives. Man, Jesus did this all the time. Jesus did this with the woman at the well. He listened to her concerns and then he offered her living water. He did this with the woman who'd been caught in adultery and people were ready to stone her to death. He listened to her before he offered her life. Jesus listened often and then offered love and care to those that he wanted to and could do for. Friends, let's listen first before we start gibbering about all kinds of stuff. The third thing Philip did and that we learned from this story is that we've got to know our story. We've got to know our relationship with Jesus. Every last one of us has a story. Every last one of us has the reason why we now follow Jesus. We all came for any number of reasons. We've all stayed and remained in that relationship for any number of reasons. But for each one of us, it's different. And we need to know what that story is so that we can share it. I love the story of the woman at the well in John chapter four. Jesus tells her all sorts of things about her life. He listens to her story. He develops a relationship with her and then he offers her salvation and she's forever changed. And you know, the very first thing she did towards the end of that chapter we hear in uh, John chapter four, verse 29, is she goes into the town and she literally says to the people she encounters, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. He, he couldn't be the Messiah, could he? She, in that moment, discovered her story. She realized that her story was all about a past that needed to be overcome, and Jesus could offer that. She realized that her story was she was parched and dry in her life, and she needed refreshment, and Jesus offered her living water. So her story would become the refreshment of Christ. Her story would become that Jesus saved her. Her story would become that she got everlasting life through the, the living water of Jesus. And she would tell that story over and over and over again. Friends, there's nothing more natural than telling our own story, what, whatever it is. And so I wanna encourage you right now, this day, maybe tomorrow, think about what is it about my relationship with Jesus that somebody else needs? For me, it's His grace. He has over and over and over again helped me to see how I couldn't be where I am, do what I do, know what I know, uh, anything except by God's grace. And Jesus helps me understand that almost every single day. 
And so my desire and what I share about my story in Jesus is his grace, his mercy, his love. And it's natural for me to share that because I've experienced it over and over and over. For some of you, it might be his forgiveness. For some of you, it might be that somehow he took your old life and he gave you a whole new life. Whatever your story is, here's the beauty of it. Nobody can argue that story. Nobody can tell you that's not real. Nobody can tell you that doesn't make sense because it's your story. And nobody can claim that it's wrong or invalid or inappropriate because it's yours. You know it. And golly, there's nothing more natural than sharing that reality in our lives. I want to encourage you to share good news out of relationship, out of what you understand and know, and to first listen so that you might hear. But notice, there's one thing you've got to do. We all need to do it, and that is this. We need to invite. We've got to invite. What, the way we live the faith is important. How we live out Jesus's love and mercy and forgiveness is tremendously important. But at some point in that friendship, having listened to their story and understand where they are, we ultimately just need to say, hey, I want to invite you into this relationship, into this adventure with a guy named Jesus. And that invitation can change lives. That's what Philip did to Nathaniel. Remember verse 46? He literally just said, hey, let me, uh, Nathaniel's questioning it, right? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip simply says, come and see. Notice, Philip didn't have an argument. Philip didn't have a, a theological treatise. He didn't have answers ready at store. And he didn't have any of that. He just said, come and see. Now, Philip had a slight advantage over you and me. Jesus was literally right there. They were going to have a conversation, right? But the reality is Jesus is still here. He's in you. He's in me. He's in anyone who claims that they follow him. And therefore, when we say, come and see, it's not about the church. It's not about a building. It's about a relationship with this guy named Jesus. And so the, the thing that we need to do is to ultimately in that relationship, having spent days, weeks, months, sometimes even years in nurturing that relationship, ultimately after we've listened, after we've recognized our story, after we know their concerns, their life story, man, let's invite I'd love to tell you about this guy named Jesus and what he's done in my life. And then friends, finally, the last thing we need to do is ultimately trust who Jesus is. Let's trust that he's going to work in the hearts and lives of our friends. Let's trust that he's the one who can make things happen. Because here's the reality, conversion, people accepting a relationship with Jesus, people determining that they want to follow who he is, None of that's on me. None of that's on you. What we need to do is trust that God has that relationship, that God can make things happen if things are going to happen. I don't know about you, but when I finally came to that realization that I'm not the one who's, who, who's going to make the conversion or, or, or make somebody decide they want to follow Jesus, that's God's business. Man, that, that took a whole load off of me. It freed up my whole understanding of how I could go natural in the way I share the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus told us this. In the book of Acts, one of the very last things that Jesus said to the disciples uh, was this. He said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that power will give you capacity to become my witnesses 
in Jerusalem and Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Man, what that says is we've got the capacity to do this. We can do this. It's not overwhelming. There's nothing about it that is, is strange or unique except how your story impacts your life and how you want to share that with somebody else. Friends, I want to encourage you. Look, all of these things are natural. It's natural to have a friendship. It's natural to listen. It's natural to know your story, whatever that story is. And it really is natural to say to somebody, come and see. My five-year-old grandson does it. You do it in all kinds of ways about things that you love, enjoy, and want to share with other people. How much more natural could it be to do these very things? Friends, I want to invite you today. Join me in prayer about someone who you already know that you might could go natural with in sharing the love of Jesus. Know that that needs to happen only after you've listened to them and understood their story after you recognize a, a way in which you could share your story about Jesus and then do the inviting, just like Philip. Friends, it's that natural. It's that straightforward. I want to encourage you to think about who it is and pray about who you will go natural with in sharing the story of Jesus so that more might come to know the same thing you know, which is that God loves you, that God wants a relationship with you, and that God wants you to share that with others. Thanks for going natural and for making God's love possible through Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you for the blessing of the love of your son, Jesus, for the way he touches each one of us uniquely and distinctly and gives us our own story to be able to share. God, I pray that we'll have the courage of Philip but I also pray, God, that we'll be as natural as we could possibly be, recognizing that all of the ways that Philip shared the good news with Nathaniel, all of the ways that Jesus always offered the good news was simply out of the natural relationships that we already have. Help us, Lord, to trust that that's true and to recognize that we can share that good news with others as well. God, thank you for loving us, for giving us your grace, and for offering us the capacity to share that with others. Now, this is our prayer, and we lift it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, what a great joy it is for me to experience your generosity every single week. Every single week, I am absolutely amazed at the powerful ways you are sharing the good news through your generosity. Thank you for making that possible. You can always make a gift to the ministry of this church by texting the letters T-M-U-M-C to the number 45777. Or, of course, you can always go to our website, tmumc.org slash give, where you can make a gift there as well. Thanks for what you're doing. You're making a big difference.